Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I have a great show for you today. I'll help you look and how you truly see yourself. I'll also be interviewing Dr. Tracy C. Jones, who is a veteran, a publisher, a podcaster, an author, a speaker, and a lover of all things leadership. Her passion is studying the chemistry between leaders and followers and how you can build, ignite, and fuel organizational fires. In today's episode, Dr. Jones and I talk about her book, Spark, Five Essentials to Ignite the Greatness Within. This book gives you blueprints to unfolding and perfecting the highest version of yourself. For more information about Dr. Jones, please visit TremendousLeadership.com. You may also purchase her book on Amazon. Thank you so much for listening to Lifeology. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. How you truly see yourself. For the most part, we all like to think we have a pretty high self-esteem, but if we truly took a step back and looked at how we viewed ourselves, you might be surprised. However, did you know the first five years of your life really determine or really sets the tone of how you view yourself? Now, <laughs> I know some of you may think, well, I don't remember my earlier years, and that's true. However, those years are very important. In psychology, there was a famous theorist named Eric Erickson, and he developed many stages of development. And those are important because they taught you many things about how you look at yourself and how you look at the world. For example, did you know the first 18 months of your life determines your level of trust? And what that means is this. As a baby, all you can do is cry. And if your caretaker was able to give you what you needed, then you passed that stage of trust. And unfortunately, if your caregiver was not able to recognize your cry or understand what you truly needed, you started to develop this sense of mistrust. And unfortunately, that may actually influence your levels of trust as you're older. The next stage of development is autonomy versus shame and doubt. And you learn this between the ages of 18 months and two to three years old. And during that time period, you really focus on your sense of self-control. So the major question you'll be asking yourself is, can I really do this on my own? And unfortunately, if you have a caregiver who does everything for you or doesn't allow for you to strike out on your own or doesn't allow for certain oversight, you'll start to really rethink this within yourself to say, well, maybe I can't do this. And so that's when shame and doubt really starts to permeate your mind. But if your caregiver was able to allow you to be more self-sufficient and develop self-control, then you developed autonomy. The next stage is initiative versus guilt. And this stage of development is between three to five years old. If a child was able to successfully pass the first two stages of learning trust and self-sufficiency, then they understand the world as being trustworthy. Then they can, quote, strike out on their own. And this allows them to create initiative. So they're able to initiate play. They're able to initiate conversations. They're able to start something on their own. 
And unfortunately, if they're not able to do that or didn't really learn the first two stages, then unfortunately it creates fear in trying new things. If they do try something new, then they feel like they're doing something wrong. And then if they feel like they're doing something wrong, then unfortunately they interpret it that they are a failure. Now, those are just the first five stages of life. So if you want to learn more about that, you can simply search Erickson's stage of development and you can read all about them. My whole point in sharing all this is not to shed light on where you are in your life today, but to simply say that all those things that happen in your life, all that can be changed. So regardless of how you were raised, let's say you went through all these earlier stages successfully, or you didn't go through them successfully, all of that can be changed. And the way you'll recognize where you are in life is simply how do you show up in the world around you? Do you trust people? Do you take initiative? Or do you feel like you're a failure? All of those thoughts are simply that, they're thoughts. When you can recognize what your thoughts are, then you start to change them. Sometimes we don't realize how our thoughts play out, but the way to really recognize that is, let's say you do something silly or do something embarrassing. What is your self-talk? Do you say, I'm so stupid, I can't believe you did that. What is wrong with you? Or do you laugh at yourself? Do you play it off and say, oh, yeah, whatever, it's funny. However you respond to yourself in those moments determines how you really see yourself. So let's say your self-talk is really good. Well, that's great. And unfortunately, if your self-talk is not so great in that moment, the ways to change that is to really refute that self-belief by simply saying, well, that's not true. I'm not stupid. I made a mistake. So when you can catch your self-talk and interrupt that self-talk and really replace it with facts, in other words, I'm not stupid. I made a mistake. Those thoughts are true. But if we've trained ourselves over and over again to think something that's not true, unfortunately, that does manifest in your life today. So think it through. When you do something silly, what do you say to yourself? And that will give you a good indication of where you are in your life and how those first five years really influenced you. But I'm very confident that if you struggle with that, with this quick little tool of using facts of what's true about you instead of what you've taught yourself over time, you'll find that you become the person you are destined to be. Have you ever thought, gosh, I'd love to start my own radio show or podcast, but I have no idea how to do it? Or are you a seasoned veteran who wants to level up and improve all aspects of your show? Well, I will be working with a select few to help you either start or polish your show. These are a few topics I will teach you. How to create your brand and how to be specific with your niche and your audience. The types of equipment you should use to help you improve the quality of your audio and your video. I'll teach you how to get your show aired on most podcasting platforms, as well as give you an option to create a video podcast. I'll teach you which recording platforms are best for your needs, as well as teach you the importance of having a show clock, the do's and don'ts of writing your own show notes that will help increase the reach of your audience and generate traffic to your website. I'll also introduce you to some of my contacts and previous guests. I'll also be offering a select few the opportunity to broadcast your show on my platform and have access to my three and a half million listeners. So if you're ready to start or level up your show, then visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James and sign up today. It's time, my friend, for you to stand out and share your message with the world. Once again, visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James to get started today. My guest today is Dr. Tracy C. Jones, who is a veteran, a publisher, a podcaster, an author, a speaker, and a lover of all things leadership. She took the reins from her father, personal development legend, Charlie Tremendous Jones, in 2009 and is thrilled to be continuing his legacy. Her passion is studying the chemistry between leaders and followers and how you can build, ignite, and fuel organizational fires. In today's episode, Dr. Jones and I talk about her book, Spark, Five Essentials to Ignite the Greatness Within. This book gives you a blueprint to unfolding and perfecting the highest version of yourself. Welcome to my show, Dr. Jones. 
Thank you, James. It is such a tremendous honor to be here with you. Thank you. And my listeners don't know this yet, but you and I have started a wonderful friendship. So I can't wait to work with you on so many different projects. So once again, thank you for being a wonderful, wonderful guest on my show today. How was it for you, though, to grow up with such an amazing man? I mean, I want to hear, obviously, the show is about you, but you can't be who you were without your amazing father. Tell me more about him. Absolutely. We are all an imprinting of all the people, the influences we had in our life. So I I tell people growing up with a father that was a motivational speaker was like a cross between boot camp and a sitcom. Okay. (laughs) It literally... It was always very funny. Everywhere we went, it was like a Seinfeld episode, something unexpected, or uh, there was no just normal dialogues. Anybody he saw, if he was within 50 feet of somebody, of course, either somebody would recognize him Mm -hmm. or he'd be uh, saying hello to somebody's kids or just giving somebody a compliment. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just zany. But he was always very, very goal-oriented, too. And I I tell people, I think I read um, How to Win Friends and Influence People Before the Pokey Little Puppy. I mean, he was early (laughs) on. on, James. Tracy, you got to read these great books. Not just, can I read Nancy Drew? No, let's read personal (laughs) development books, Tracy. I'm like, okay, daddy, whatever, whatever you want. And so he, he really did that. And and then when we would travel in the summers, James, he would load up, we had a VW uh, Volkswagen camper with a a pop-up trailer. (laughs) This is in the seventies. It was so cool. I mean, we still look at bugs on the, on the road and our family's like, and so six (laughs) kids, two adults, boxes and boxes of books. We'd go to Knott's Berry Farm. We went to wow. Mexico City. We're up in Campo, Pennsylvania, up to Toronto, all over mm-hmm. traversing. And we would go on these speaking meetings during the summer. He'd take us out of school and we'd work the book table. So I learned as a wow. young lass to uh-huh. really combine purpose and fun into one. And so uh-huh. I-, I loved seeing that. He also, growing up with him, James, he would take me to every meeting as a little girl. Zig Ziglar, Norman Vincent Peale. Mm. I don't care if I was the only girl in the room. It didn't matter. This is my daughter and she's coming in. So I grew up with this. Wow. Hey, you're a good person. There, there, mm. I was gender blind. And I have people like, you can't be. I was yeah, because I, I got hauled into everything and he'd be sitting at these tables and I'd be listening to these incredible people share uh, wonderful different things. He also, when we were teenagers, he took all the TVs out of the house. Okay. <laughs> He's like, you're not watching that crap. He would say, trash in, trash out. And James, there was nothing on like Donnie and Marie and yeah. um, variety shows, Carol Burnett. But yeah. he's like, no, if you have spare time, you can be reading. You have jobs. I mean, I had formal jobs since I was 14, or you can be volunteering <laughs> or, or out in the yard working out or playing. These are what you do. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So it was, I was kind of like a guinea pig um, mm-hmm. and it bugged the crap out of me. And okay, James, so here, you'll appreciate this. I was uh, in high school and he told me, Tracy, he told my little sister and I, he signed us up for charm school. Uh, you know, the back in the day, oh, that was like cotillion. Like cotillion. And so <laughs> we're like tomboys, uh, you know, back in the seventies, girls didn't do, you know, t- YouTube tutorials about makeup. We didn't even like date. You know, we're just like tomboys playing with the boys in the neighborhood, eating dirt, you know, playing out in the woods. And uh, he's like, you got to go to charm school. And so uh, we went and they were teaching us all these things. And I I was not opposed to that. Um, It was not my my thing. Um, But anyway, so we eventually stopped going. And we were like, we had to do this fashion show at the end. And I I was a dork in school, but the little bit of credibility I had would have been done if I walked in a fashion show because I was such a nerd. You know, people would have been like, like revenge of the nerds. Like you're a nerd. Why are you up there? Why are you trying to be a cool girl? And so, so anyways, you know, we just told them, Hey, the girls were mean to us. And so we, we, 
we quit. And so he's like, okay. So he, I'm like, whoo, we, we dodged that bullet. So James, from then on, whenever I would be at meetings and I'd be talking to a young man or whatever, you know, just to, hanging out and he would, yeah. he would come up and he'd be like, did she tell you that she flunked out of charm school? And I'm like, <laughs> oh no, you did not. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't. I didn't. I said, let me explain. I said, I didn't flunk out. I quit. And he's like, she quit. That's even worse. She's a quitter. And he would just tease me mercilessly. And he just, he meant, well, he thought, he thought this would be that we yeah. would want this. And I'm like, dad, we travel all over the world with you. We don't need any finishing touches. We're just dorks oh, right now, it. but we'll yeah. be swans, yeah. you know, just, just let That's us, be, so let funny. us get to our twenties and then we'll deal with all the trauma of being a modern yeah. day woman. Exactly. Okay. If he could see you now, what would he say? Oh, well, I mean, he was so thrilled when I came back. Yeah. You know what? He just, when I went into the military, mm -hmm. uh, when I did different jobs and James, when he passed away, I was by his side, which is one of the greatest yeah. blessings you yeah. can be with someone you love when their soul emigrates, emigrates. Yeah. I mean, yeah. whatever else happens in this world, I give God the glory that I was there for both my parents when that happened. Mm. But right before we passed, our secession planning was this. I told him, cause I wasn't going to come back and run the business. I was doing my own thing. He's like, mm -hmm. Tracy, you're big time. You're not going to want to come back and do this little, little yeah. company. And he just squeezed my hand and said, you'll take this place as I never could have. And oh. he knew it. He knew I was coming back. And James, every day when I feel like quitting, I just remember that. And I'm like, no, yes. I made this decision. I came back. He had faith in me. And I know he's in heaven. His body's not here with me, but I'm going to see him again. I'm in his legacy. Yeah. It's like he's on a really long business trip. Oh, so wow. yeah, I know he great, knows. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. I love to hear that story. And that's touches my heart because uh, I know how much he loved you and how much you, obviously you loved him as well. And, and the rest Thanks, of your too. Yeah. Well, I want to transition into your book. So you have this amazing, tremendous background. <laughs> you got to see your father and do all that as well. And then you have your doctorates in, uh, in leadership. Is that correct? Correct. And then from leadership. there, that, that is what sparked this book. Well, sparked five essentials to ignite the greatness within. Tell me more about the book. Absolutely. Well, the book was born out of my dissertation and my okay. doctoral dissertation was I studied a crisis event, uh, a merger that went south. In the mm -hmm. end, it came out, but I interviewed the leaders and the followers about how they felt going through it. And James, it was the strangest thing. Some mm -hmm. people looked at this merger as if it was like big deal. Like even when I interviewed them, I'm like, here, I'm here to study a crisis. And they're like, what do you mean? What crisis? Yeah. We merged. And then other people were like, I don't uh, know if I could talk to you about it. I was, I'm still so shell shocked about it. Okay. So I'm looking at this and I'm like, just like in life with change, people either get excited about it or they become entrenched and they mm -hmm. fight it. And that is part of our nature. So I'm like, here we are again. So I, I was trying to find out what is it? Is it something as a lover of leadership and trying to help people uh, develop their leadership and get people motivated? Is there something that the leader did to bring the people that were on the fence or scared into the realm of secure. And yeah. what I found was, uh, no, there was not a lot the leader did. Sure. Wow. There was things when they showed up and, and, and steadied the course and stayed calm because there was some negative PR. It got really nasty when they just kept calm and cool. But for the most part, the people that were already all in we're already all in. Why? Because they had been through something in their past, the death of a sibling. I had one person I interviewed that they were walking in a crosswalk with their twin and a car ran and killed their twin. 
I had another gentleman who watched his father stay with his mother who had severe bipolar illness and loved her. And then I had people talk about their faith. So it really seemed like your past, if you have been through hell already, if you go through a merger in the grand scheme of things, big deal. Just like this pandemic. I've been to war, folks. Okay. Yeah, this stinks, but there's a lot worse things going on in the world if you've lived all over the world than this. Okay. Here's what I can control. Here's what I can't. So that's really, that's really what I found out. And as I'm unpacking this, I realized that just like leadership and followership are the two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Motivation has two aspects to it. What I bring to the table, my intrinsic motivation, and what I need to keep throwing fuel on the fire, because otherwise Mm -hmm. I'll burn and die out, the external motivation. So SPARK is an acronym, S-P-A-R-K, singularity and persistence. That's what I have to bring to the table. My singularity is my purpose my value. If I don't see value in something, James, I'm not going to do it. I don't care if you give me a million dollars to do it. I got to feel it. I got to feel that purpose. And P is persistence. Am I willing to do the work? Okay. The universe is giving you this opportunity and you better dig in and start not, don't quit three feet from gold. So that's what I have to bring to the table, right? I can't do that for you. Only you can do that. But once I'm dialed into my purpose and I'm, I will not quit death before defeat. There's yes. other things I need, okay? I need my advocates. A is for advocates. I need my benefactors. I need my earth angels. I need people like Mark Victor Hansen. Make, he's yeah. the biggest advocate of all. The connectors, yes. the benefactors, the confidants. I need resources. Heck, I need a website. I need money. I need capital. I need a brand. I need logistics. I need editors. I mean, there's there's tools I need to, mm-hmm. to put put flesh on my dream. And K is for knowledge. I need to be in a continuous state of knowledge because as I'm taking, growing on the journey, the knowledge I had yesterday is going to be obsolete in about a week. There's so much more than I need to unlearn and relearn. So that, those are the externals you need. And this, and the book really helps you unpack what it is you're missing. Cause I would bet for all of our listeners, you already Mm -hmm. have three out of those five things with you, but we got to find out what are you missing? And so are you feeling frustrated? Are you feeling defeated? Are you feeling isolated? Are you feeling indecisive? And then we reverse engineer and Mm -hmm. go, okay, then this is what you're missing. And we dial that in. And so that that's what the book is about. Well, that is jam packed full of a lot of information. (laughs) Cause even hearing you say that, cause you went through the whole acronym there and I heard it. I was like, Okay. Okay. And I'm like, well, then there's more, there's more. And for me, as someone who is, as where I am in my life, I, I hear that. And I'm like, okay, there's so much more that I need to know. There's so much more that I, I have. And so I love to hear how you've, you've taken what I know and you've magnified it into your expertise to really, and also just dial down or drill down into when you have all these components, you'll, you'll see that your life exponentially grows and develops. What would you say is the number one thing that most people struggle with that they don't have in that spark or they're, I don't say don't have, maybe are lacking in that spark? Right. Well, there's two things before anybody changes any behavior. Okay. And that Mm -hmm. is, first of all, they have to see value in it. So Mm -hmm. most people do not make change because they don't, they're not feeling it. It hasn't resonated with them. They haven't dialed into their purpose Mm -hmm. and they haven't claimed ownership of their thoughts. You know, Napoleon Hill talks Mm -hmm. a lot Mm -hmm. about that, your thoughts and your means. So first of all, Mm -hmm. if, if somebody is halfway in, you got to be all in and whether that's tweaking it, like you hinted at, 
contextualizing mm-hmm. it. I was just talking to a guy before we talked who has been sober for 19 years. And That's I right. said, what was the spark that happened? And he's like, I had girlfriends and people my whole life tell me I'm nothing but a drunk. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And I was like, Fooey, it's on you. I drink because you stink. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I had to coin that, you know, I drink. And he, he said, somebody in a bar came up to him and said, you're nothing but a lousy drunk. And everybody knows it and got up and walked out. That was the spark. Okay. So it was at that moment that he finally said, I am a drunk and I see value in not being a drunk until that happens. You Mm -hmm. are not going to make a change. Number two, you need to have a moment, a lot of the aha moment. And it it comes to you in different times. And typically it it is from an outsider that just kicks Mm -hmm. your butt. Mm -hmm. I've had people call me on the phone, grown men and say, cry because they love my father. And I'm like, well, what happened? They're like, Tracy, I was sucking my thumb one day and he yelled at me. And all of a sudden I realized I, and then I stopped sucking my thumb, you know, tough love is still love. And especially yeah, for love. men or people like us, yes. don't sugarcoat it. Okay. Yeah. Just, just kick me. Cause sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, 18 inches from a pat on the back to a kick in the rear. Yeah. Sometimes I need to be up here. A lot of times just kick me and, yeah. and get me gone. You know, I would so, just stop everyone a second. Just, I know for uh, me, um, what, what I do is so I have my, you know, my, my internal self-talk. And so as I'm setting personal boundaries for myself, I say it in a very firm way, James, knock it off. This is not yes. appropriate, right. whatever that might be. So I, cause that's what my parents, I was just like your dad as well taught me is that, that tough love aspect of it is you either do it or you don't do it. And so right. for me to use my self-talk, you know, one part of me is like, well, you know, whining. And then the other part that's healthy is like, no, you will do this and you will change that. And then I'm like, oh, okay. All right. I'll change well, it. That's it. And it's, <laughs> it is. It's your thoughts. And every no. negative thought that comes in, you need to grab it and eradicate exactly. it. Okay. Napoleon exactly. Hill talks a lot about that. The subconscious, all that mm-hmm. crap. Once you let it get in your conscious, boy, mm-mm, it stares infesting. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing is you've got to see value in it. You've got to want it. Okay. The second thing is you have to have a reasonable expectation of success. And that's where the advocates, resources, yes. and knowledge comes in. Okay. Like a okay. lot of people will be like, well, just be brave and announce it. And I'm like, that's not enough. You can't just claim your worth because now comes the tough part and you got to live it out and be relentless and you have yes. to be equipped. So that's the other thing is people do want to change and they're willing to make the work, but they don't have the safety net, the support network, the Sherpas, the earth angels mm-hmm. that are there. Mm-hmm. And I tell them when you're truly ready, they will be there. Cause people go, well, I'm not yes. connected like you, Tracy, you had your father. And I'm like, listen, I am blessed to have had my father, but 99% of the people I'm connected with today are people that I, I connected with. Correct. So you that's just an excuse. Mm-hmm. They're all out there waiting to help us, especially the way the world is in- interconnected today. Look at us, James, we wouldn't have maybe yeah. met each other 30 years ago where you, yeah, you meet exactly. for coffee or, you know, mm-hmm. so there's no excuse anymore. The knowledge yeah. is there. The advocates are there and the resources are there. When, when people in general just, just hear this, because I always talk about there's two steps when it comes to decision making. The first step is the biggest step, and that's information gathering. Yes. When someone starts something and the information that they're gathering, uh, because there's no yes or no, am I going to do it or not do it? So to me, that's a lot of the things as well is the, the advocacy and helping, you know, researching that, connecting yourself, and then di- dialing into that or diving into that. When you talk, when you talk about reasonable expectations for a goal, sometimes I hear in the self-development space, you think so far beyond so far beyond what your goal is which is which is good but how do you how do people think beyond that but also be practical with that because there's there's nothing worse than you know for example i've seen people on facebook today i'm going to get i'm going to get the best job ever and i'm thinking but did you apply for the job <laughs> did you take out the paperwork did you sign you know fill out the application so how do people go from i have this amazing job but can be practical in that in the application in the learning to be able to achieve it 
but to not set themselves up, quote, for failure? Absolutely. Well, it's a great question. And I always tell people the law of attraction only works with mm-hmm. action. Remember, exactly. the second part of attra- there is no attraction <laughs> without action. Okay. Exactly. There's yeah. the poetry but there's also the plumbing and yes, God, you know, absolutely. you've heard it. God can't work unless you do. He's going to put <laughs> yeah. everything there, but yeah. it, it, it's up to us. We're not robots. Exactly. We have free yeah. will and yeah. work, work is a joy. So what I tell people is uh, my father would always say for decision-making, make it, make it yours and die by it. Well, that mm. that's, that's, that's tough. Okay. I always say, make it, make it yours and make it work. So every day, James, I make the best decision that I can tomorrow. I may, I may get some new information. Mm -hmm. I slightly modify it, but he would call it production to perfection. We're never going to get it just right. This side Mm -hmm. of heaven, but every day as we were making these little baby steps, we get a little Mm -hmm. bit closer and more and more unfolds. And one of my best tips, one of my best productivity hacks, it's hacks. It's called the Ivy Lee method. If you, if you Google it, he was an advisor to Charles Schwab. He says, before you go to bed tonight, write down the six things that you need to get done tomorrow. And then you rank and rack and stack them in order of priorities. You cannot wow. believe how much you can get done when you do this. Simple. Oh my gosh, yeah. A child could do this. And then whatever you cross off, cross off. Oh, if something popped up, okay, then you restack it. But that keeps you intensely focused. And when you are intensely focused, then you do the baby steps. You know, how do you eat an elephant? One mm-hmm. bite at a time. One How do you time, get yeah. your dream job? Well, you start by putting your profile on LinkedIn, updating your resume, <laughs> connecting with, you know, baby steps. And so that's what I recommend people. Listen, you heard my story. I have never been a, at the end of my life. I want to be X. All I know is I want to just keep going and growing. So yes, I'm yes. very much a fluid kind of every mm-hmm. day. I'm going to try new things, but I'm very much an activity and a productivity type yes, person. Same way. And that's why we're good friends. Yes. yes. <laughs> I love that. One thing I always tell people as well is to, to piggyback off of what you're saying is I was, when, when you look at what you have to get done the next day using your method, I always tell people in order to do that, what time do you need to go to bed the night before? Because Perfect. when you're aware of that, that means, okay, well, if I have a really long day tomorrow, that means I need to go to bed earlier because sleep is a foundation for productivity for success. So I always have people Think of it the night before when you're going to sleep, because that will then help you be able to be successful the next day as well. Absolutely. It, it, your, your tomorrow is happening today. Right and you same. even said it with your magic door. I've been telling everybody <laughs> about that. Only I call it the divine door. You yeah. can, I had a, I yeah, had a conversation with my father during my first night of the divine door. Okay. I mean, mm. I'm just telling you, so it's all about your thought. And remember, yeah. here, here's the process, thoughts, feelings, mm. behaviors. If you yes. feel a certain way, you got to go back. Don't blame everybody else. Go back inside. Look at yourself. You got to unpack something in here. And yes. until you get this blockage cleared, there will be no forward momentum here. Exactly. And that's exactly. the problem a lot of people have why they're yeah. stuck. And, and some of my listeners don't know this, but I was a guest on Tracy's show and I talked about the magic door as far as you, when you see your door, see something and say, well, if I were to walk through that door, what would be different? And so it's a great visualization to think that through to say, well, this would be different. So that's what she's referencing. And I'll definitely be um, playing her, my, my guest role or on her show on, on my, my platforms as well. Tracy, we'll have a few more minutes here. What would be, what would, as I guess the biggest takeaway for, for Spark, um, Actually, let me, let me rephrase that question. When I think of this, a lot of times we think a leader is someone who is obviously in the C-suite or who is the leader of a company. How would this book be applicable for everybody, all of my listeners, at all different walks of life? Well, it is. I was shocked when I looked at the demographic of who was getting the books. I think the mean age is 60 and they've already retired from two careers. Okay. For-profit, non-profit. They're realizing that, okay, I raised my kids. I have my savings. I Mm -hmm. did a good job. But- 
I mean, if we're all living to be a hundred, um, you know, at 50, yeah. you're just getting ready to start you're the back nine, start. which is, <laughs> yeah. you know, I always heard 20 to 40 is your learning years, uh-huh. 40 to 60 is your earning years. And then 60 to 80 is your yearning, yearning years where you fulfill your true life's purpose. Oh, so that. when you're spark, the, the sparklers are like, yeah. I have age, wisdom, seasoning, and I'm ready to continue paying it forward. So that. really we get all kinds of people. We get people that are entrepreneurial. We get people that are school teachers. We get young leaders just seeking because this is all about you, where you land and where you put your nameplate matters. Not it's all about you. And my dad would always yes. tell me that Tracy, the job doesn't make you, you make the job. Exactly. So we really let everybody know you bring that lightness into every job you have, even the crummiest ones, because it is all building on to be an unfold you to be the greatest version of yourself. I love that. That's, that's wonderful. And that's, you know, it's so true, you know, specifically with my brand as well. I always talk, talk, just, just overall to say like every, every event in your life is like a jigsaw puzzle piece. When you put all those jigsaw puzzle pieces together, it creates you at this moment. And so that puzzle gets bigger and bigger based on life experiences. And that's how someone can continue to grow and develop. So it doesn't matter where your, where your job is, et cetera. You, like you said, everyone has greatness inside of you. And so I, I love that message. And I think that's something we all need to hear because yeah, at times life can be hard. But when we remember sure. that, just like you've said, that greatness is always within you and it's, it's simply a spark away. You like that? That was good. I love <laughs> it. I love it. <laughs> well, Tracy, Dr. Jones, if my, if my listeners want to find more, more information about you and to purchase this book, one more time, Spark, The Five Spark. Essentials to Ignite the Greatness Within. Where will they find this information online? Well, if you go to www.tremendousleadership.com and you order it, I will autograph a hard copy for you. Nice. We also have it on Audible, PDF downloadable. So tremendousleadership.com and tracycjones.com. I actually have courses that go with the book. Oh, wow. So I definitely endorse, I highly endorse Dr. Dr. Jones. So if any of my listeners aren't able to find this information online, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com in this particular episode, and I will link you with Dr. Jones. Thank you so much for being a wonderful guest on my show. So I had a fabulous time. Thank you. Uh, James, thank you. The joy was all mine. Thank you so much. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.